I sort of always thought about trying to create the camp that I wish had been around when I was a kid. Cause I was always the guy that like took his, you know, fishing stuff to boy scout camp. And then they were always searching for me, you know, cause I just <laughs> went to the pond and stayed there the whole time. <laughs> this is a life in motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action, sports, culture, and more. What's up and welcome to episode 36 of Life in Motion. Today I've got T. Clarkson on the line, the founder of Virginia Outside. Their mission is basically to introduce thousands of kids to the outdoors. On top of that, he's written over 500 articles on fishing, hunting, and conservation, so it's pretty safe to say that he knows his stuff. Um, Definitely can't wait to hear uh, his story and kind of how he got where he is today, but um, T., thank you for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we get into Virginia outside and kind of all the different things that you all have going on, um, let's talk a little bit about yourself and your background, sort of, you know, where you grew up, hobbies growing up, sort of how, how you got to where you're at today. Sure. Absolutely. So I'm from originally from Richmond, Virginia, and um, I'm still here now, although I've, I've made a lot of journeys in between, uh, but grew up, um, with two younger brothers, and um, you know, my when I was younger, my dad was just starting his own business, and I know he was out um, working a ton during the week. And so on the weekends, I think my mom, you know, had uh, pretty much had it with three young boys. So she <laughs> she uh, sent us out into the, the the wilds with my my father. Basically, said go go find something for them to for them to do, for you all to do. And of course we played sports and other things like that, but uh, they weren't as much of a, of a uh, time commitment then as they seem to be now. So my dad um, had grown up doing some fishing, but wasn't really in hunting, but wasn't super into it. I wouldn't say when we were younger, um, but he, he started taking us out and, uh, and we spent a lot of time just going to farm ponds and then fishing on the James River and things like that. And uh, soon, I think he just kind of quickly realized that that was something that, that uh, we all enjoyed and kind of um, was something that he, he enjoyed as well and could handle. You know, he could take us out to a farm, a friend's farm or something like that. And there's a pond and hand everybody a fishing rod and a little tackle box. And, you know, we were off to the races. So. Um, spent a lot of time doing that as a, as a kid and then gradually sort of got into hunting um, as well and other outdoor pursuits. That's awesome. So it sounds like it, it sort of started almost um, as also a way to kind of bond with uh, your brothers and your dad and, and whatnot and kind of kind of grew a, a love from there almost. Yep. Absolutely. And I don't want to leave my mom out. She, she <laughs> yeah. came on some, she came on some, some of the trips, but uh, she was honestly uh, fairly happy to stay at home uh, on a lot of occasions, <laughs> especially when we were really young. So. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Sorry. Had it, yeah. You don't want to forget mom. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, so you kind of grew your, your love for fishing and, and hunting slowly <laughs> through that. Um, and then kind of what kind of, um, I, I know on there, you know, you started eventually some, um, some other organizations, um, like I, I was right, uh, Virginia fishing adventures and, and some other things. How did you kind of get in? And then eventually, like I said, the, the articles that I mentioned earlier, yep. how did, how did kind of that, that passion that was more or less a hobby, like 
turn into and kind of how did that propel um, kind of in, into being have an interest in writing those articles and kind of really diving deep into that stuff? Yeah, it's I mean, I've always been it's kind of an interesting story, I suppose, but it, I've always been sort of a big believer in following your passions and then sort of letting them dictate where you head next and sort of what what happens next I, and for me that ultimately led me into a career in the outdoors I, I, it doesn't necessarily mean that's always the right path because it's challenging maybe we can talk about that some later when you make your passion your job too but um so i i you know i was a person that enjoyed school and enjoyed reading and and that sort of thing growing up too so i um i in high school, English became my favorite subject. I had a bunch of great English teachers. And um, so I really enjoyed reading and writing and, and that through, through high school. And that ultimately led me to major in English in college and then get a master's in, um, in secondary education. And, and I, I taught English, high school English for 13 years, which really? so... As I, and that's kind of how I ended up with Virginia Fishing Adventures. I thought after a couple of years of teaching, I thought, you know, it'd be really cool. Maybe I had the summers off. It might be fun to run a couple summer camps, you know, where we take kids out fishing. And I actually started it with one of my high school English teachers. Really? Who is, yeah, who's still one of my best friends. And so we started taking, he had his summers off. I had my summers off. And we started taking a handful of kids out and quickly realized that, you know, um, Unfortunately, it's hard to do things like that on a small scale um, because the insurance is so expensive. Mm -hmm. So we kind of ramped it up and, and kept ramping it up. Um, and we were first just running a handful of, of fishing camps as Virginia Fishing Adventures in Richmond. And then, you know, this is 15, 16 years ago. And then people started coming, hearing about it from Charlottesville, which is an hour away, and from Fredericksburg, which is an hour away and started driving their kids to our fishing camp, you know, and drive an hour one way to drop their kid off at camp. And so we kind of started thinking, well, maybe we should go up there and start running some camps. And so it just expanded over time. And, um, and uh, you know, now we're running camps all over Virginia and um, some in North Carolina. And we have some travel camps that leave the country and uh, we do a program out west with a with a partner, um, and then as far as the writing goes, uh, you know, I I one day I thought you know it'd be fun to write some articles about fishing and and hunting, and I just bought a book about sending query letters into editors and started shooting some letters around and picked up an article here, an article there, and then it became somewhat regular where I was writing fifteen or twenty articles a year, and then. Um, the newspaper here, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, reached out to me, it's about seven or eight years ago now, and uh, to take over the outdoors column. And then all of a sudden I was a regular journalist with two <laughs> columns a week, um, and I did that for five years. And that sort of let me transition out of the classroom into more full-time with my outdoor business and, and the writing. And, um, and then I also got into a doing some conservation work with some other businesses as well. That's, that's interesting. It's kind of interesting hearing that story since, um, you know, you enjoyed writing as well and obviously the outdoors and kind of how things um, progressed the way they did. It sounds like almost by accident in a, in a way. 
Um, I, I would absolutely, I would absolutely agree with that. <laughs> that, that no, that's, that's awesome though. Just kind of how, how it kind of, kind of worked and, and built from there. Um, so let's see. And I know, um, before one, one last thing before we get into, um, Virginia outside, uh, you mentioned some, the, uh, conservation working with their kind of consulting. What, what does that kind of, what does that look like kind of when you are consulting for things like that? I, I honestly don't have too much knowledge in that about any of that. So I'm just kind of interested to. Yeah, sure. So it's, it's sort of, uh, I mean, when I got into doing that, I, I, uh, with a friend of a friend, um, Virginia has a, a pretty robust conservation easement program where landowners voluntarily put their property in, they essentially strip their property of a lot of the development rights. Mm. And, um, and they get a financial um, reward for that, essentially in, in terms of a gift. So they get federal tax deductions and they also in Virginia get some tax credits. And those tax credits are, are a commodity essentially in Virginia. So someone else that owes taxes can buy, you know, the landowner's tax credits. So that's sort of how we monetize and work in that field. Um, they're just advising landowners on how to do a conservation project and the financial side of it. And then um, from there, you're sort of always exploring other conservation opportunities and areas where, you know, sea level rise and, and mitigation and that sort of stuff. There's, there's a lot to do there. And um, a big part of that is meeting with landowners and sort of touring properties and farms and kind of identifying <clears throat> the importance of their properties from a conservation standpoint, whether it be for wildlife or sea level rise or, or, uh, you know, views and there's a financial element to that as well for the landowner so kind of trying to marry the, the goals of comp, uh, conservation with the landowners financial needs and desires and sort of consulting in that space um, is, is really what we do and that's, what I do and no it's, no that's it's, it's that's fun it's cool. yeah every project's different every landowner's different I get to go around the state and you know walk properties and and talk to landowners and try and, you know, figure out a solution. So it's uh, for everybody, but the state, the, you know, um, of Virginia and the people that live here, and then also matching that up with the landowners. So it's, it's pretty cool work. That, that's awesome. It sounds like basically in a way you're, you're showing the, the, the landowner that, you know, they are looking to have some kind of financials to that showing that there's another way to do that rather than, building a big development or something that's taken away that beauty or animals or wildlife or whatever that is that would destroy that along the way. So that's, that's kind of cool. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. That's awesome. So, um, let's get into Virginia outside. So, and you kind of touched on it, sort of how things slowly sort of progressed by accident as far as the fishing uh, camp went and stuff. But, how, I guess, first of all, you know, how long has Virginia outside, um, as that entity been around? Um, and then kind of what, you know, what, what, what is its mission vision, kind of those kinds of things, kind of how, how it's kind of looking. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, 
starting, I think this will be our 16th summer. Well, okay. we, we, we hope that it will have summer. Um, and, uh, you know, we started as just, you know, I sort of always thought about trying to create the camp that I wish had been around when I was a kid. Cause I was always the guy that like took his, you know, fishing stuff to boy scout camp. And then they were always searching for me, you know, cause I just <laughs> went to the pond and stayed there the whole time. And so I, I thought, you know, let me try to create a camp that I would have really appreciated when I was a kid. Um, and that was, that was kind of how we started. Um, and we started with a focus on fishing and just teaching kids the basics of fishing and getting out there and being able, I mean, I always look at it as like a lifetime sport, you know, and if you learn young enough and, and or feel confident enough, then, then it's something you can do your whole life. Um, and then gradually from there, we, we started getting into some other outdoor sports. Um, I had a friend who wanted to start a mountain bike camp and, um, so we sort of started that together and it became part of Virginia outside. Um, and then, you know, we started doing some kayak, not whitewater kayaking, but you know, we, we incorporate the sit on top kayaks and, and canoes. And so we have some programs that are more, you know, some fishing, but also just sort of outdoor adventure, um, kayaking, mountain biking, that sort of thing. That's awesome. So, and it's primarily a summer camp. Do you guys do like after school activities and stuff as well or? Yes. I mean, we, we do some, I mean, the vast majority of our work happens in June, July and August with summer camps, but, um, but we do after school programs, we do weekend programs, school holiday programs throughout the year, just sort of, you know, to supplement things and give us, give us something to do. And so, and so, and then going back to the camp itself. So is it like a, you know, it's a, a week long deal? How many, how many kids are in each, I guess, um, group, I guess, if you will. Yep. So most of our camps are week long, um, day camps. We have some overnight programs as well, but most of our camps are week long day camps. You know, we have a pickup drop off location. You drop your kid off and, and we load them up in a van with a trailer full of kayaks and cruise around and, hit different rivers and lakes and, you know, the Bay tributaries, Chesapeake Bay tributaries. Um, and so, you know, the groups are typically groups of, you know, eight to 12 kids. Okay. Um, and sort of, we fit into a 15 passenger van. So, you know, the max might be 12 kids with three counselors and, um, that would kind of be one group and any given week, you know, we've got 10 to 12 of those groups out and about um, all over the state meeting at different locations um, throughout the state and, uh, and just kind of cruising around on their, their own adventures. So each group is sort of like its own, its own entity for the week, you know, with, with their counselors and, and do, they have their own set of set of activities that they're doing. That's awesome. So, you, so you, um, I, I'm assuming, obviously, in the morning, probably eight or so, they meet, and then yep. kind of, is there? I, I guess I'm trying to. Obviously, there's, and I'm guessing to five ish or six is probably yeah, the, like eight eight thirty to four thirty is pretty 8:30 good. Yeah, so, like, I mean, you know, for the older kids, you know, the younger kids, we might be a little bit shorter. We have a few half day programs, that sort of thing, but for the most part, it's a full day. 
so within those activities, um, obviously there's the activity itself and, and teaching of, you know, maybe for bikes, for instance, maybe how to work on bikes, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but are you, are you kind of tying in different, um, um, other educational aspects to it that maybe aren't directly related to that activity, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, that, no, that makes perfect sense. And, and absolutely we'll, we'll throw those sorts of learning opportunities in there. Um, and, uh, I would say, you know, we try not to, we, we try to make it all, keep it all fun. You know, like we don't do a lot of any, we don't like to stop and, you know, and sort of, uh, get into the too many details where it becomes almost like a school scenario, but, um, but we'll take breaks to talk about, you know, things that live in the creeks and, you know, what the fish are eating and here's how you tie a knot and here's why we're using this lure at this time. And like you said about the mountain bikes, like, Oh, Hey, you know, Johnny's got a flat tire. Let's all take this minute, you know, opportunity to learn how to change a tube. Yeah. Um, and, and that same chains and all, all of that sort of stuff. So it's, it's almost like a, just a natural classroom in a way, I think. Um, and we, we kind of jump, seize those learning experiences when they, when they arise. That, that's great. And that's what, that's what I was going to ask if it was, it seemed like it was more of like, a, like you said, a natural, um, a natural learning experience, not necessarily I don't want to say forced either, but you know what I mean? I I Um, know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so with that and kind of seeing so many kids throughout the years, um, what do you, I would imagine that you have kids coming back year after year. Um, what, what are kind of some of the impacts that you see it having on kind of these kids and you know, whether that, and and I guess I'm more asking like, and, and maybe, maybe different impacts as far as um, their outlook, how they react or respond to the outdoors or think about the outdoors and kind of, is, is there anything like that you're seeing with kids that are like from the, the beginning of the week to the end of the week or from one year to the other year, kind of how they're just having a different perspective, I guess, is what I'm. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, and, and it, it's really amazing. A lot of times you can really see it from like a Monday to a Friday. It's, you know, when you it, in mountain biking, fishing, kayaking, any of it, the, the comfort level from a kid that comes in on Monday and has never been fishing before and that sort of thing to where they are at the end of the week, you know, you spend, you spend eight hours a day for five straight days fishing. There's a lot of people that don't fish for 40 hours an entire year. Yeah. You know? So, so <laughs> when, when you're, when you're in there and you're doing it like that, you can really see the progression over the course of a week. Um, and you know, we get a lot of kids that come back, you know, and, uh, and come back year after year after year. And, um, but then, you know, there's a lot, I mean, sometimes, you know, I mean, there's a lot of times we don't see them. We see you maybe for a week, week, a year for four or five years, and then they're off, you know, moving on to the next thing as they age out of our programs. But I guess, you know, what's cool is then you start bumping to them around town. You know, yeah. like bumping to them on the trails or or you see a, a group of kids fishing downtown or, um, you know, and, and we've been around long enough now that that uh, then they start coming back as counselors, you know, uh. and 
and uh, they're graduating from college and, and we see them out there and their head counselors all of a sudden they're, they're driving vans and taking kids out and doing it themselves for us and um, that's that's a really cool really cool thing yeah so, and what what is the age again the age range most of our programs are about run from about six to fourteen or fifteen. Six to fourteen or fifteen, and th- and that was another thing I was going to ask, which you, you kind of touch on as well, is more or less. Um, you know, obviously, there's the impact on uh, the kids and the different appreciation stuff that they're doing, but also um, more or less, I guess, in the uh, the community as a whole. You know, you're the you're you're kind of planting a seed with these different camps, whether it be fishing or mountain biking or kayaking or whatever that is, but you're planting the seed and eventually, and I don't know if you're slowly kind of seeing just more people in general, maybe getting outdoors and like enjoying the James river and uh, you, you know, the different mountain bike trails and stuff like that. I don't know if there's like a, any correlation to that or not, but it sounds like there might be if you're, if you're still running into these kids, you know, uh, after college or when they're in college and, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, the use of the local parks and James River parks are, are, is up tremendously, you know, and that's not, uh, all from obviously kids that have done our program or other outdoor programs, but there, there are a lot of those kids out there, you know, that, that have really developed a love and a passion and appreciation for the outdoors in Richmond through the park system and a lot of places that they've gone, whether it's our summer camp or some of our competitors um, that might do something similar. But, um, and I feel like it's, it's helped create a culture around the outdoors in Richmond, which is um, really powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. And I remember I, I uh, when did I graduate? I graduated from VCU in 2014. Um, but I remember through that time in college, that stuff kind of seemed to be growing. And now going back, it seems like it's even, um, it's, it's continuing to grow just from, from being out here in Missouri and then come back for a couple of weeks or whatnot. So it's, right. it's cool to see that progression um, happening. So are there any specific like stories about the camp or a favorite memory or a story about an individual or maybe a story from your own personal thing that kind of, that, kind of sticks out and kind of um exemplifies the whole the whole mission the whole everything kind of behind it yeah you know i was thinking about that um and when i think back to sort of my memories of the of i kind of have a tendency to think back to the earliest days of the program when i was in my early 30s and i was just having kids you know and and um I'm 46 now, almost 47, starting to feel like an old man. But when I think back, you know, when it was just me and, and, and my former English teacher and we ran all the programs and we're out there and, you know, eating peanut butter sandwiches all summer long, just dying <laughs> in the heat. And, um, and I just think back to a lot of those kids that, that we had then, you know, that came back and, and parents and now, um, you know, those are the kids that are, you know, that I, that are some of our, our camp counselors, um, you know, shoot, one of those kids is, <laughs> runs our payroll system, you know, he's graduated <laughs> from college and, and helps us with our payroll. And, uh, 
But, you know, and I see a lot of those guys around town and still see some of the parents who laugh and like, oh, remember when y'all ran all the camps and that sort of thing. And it's just uh, not necessarily one moment, you know, but just sort of the, the whole progression of the thing is um, and the life of it is really, uh, really what I, I think about. That's that's awesome. And that totally makes sense. You can't just sum it up into one one memory or one time. It's kind of everything all together. Um, it was, so one thing that you you kind of mentioned at the um, sort of at the, at the beginning um, was something about making your passion your job, um, and I think that kind of sort of segues into um, something that I usually ask, which is. Uh, what what advice or tips could you have for somebody that wants to do something similar to what you have? Um, so it's funny that you brought that up in the beginning. So with that, what what could what advice do you have for um, for anybody that that wants to do something similar as far as making an impact on their community, um, on the youth with the outdoors, or even um, as you mentioned before, making finding a way to make their passion their their job? What what advice? or thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, probably, probably a few avenues and ways that I would think about that. One is, you know, uh, I think making your, a lot of people think that they want to make their passion their job. And I think it's sort of a natural, uh, natural thing to think. And I, and, and I think it can work, you know, and I feel like, um, it, it has worked for me, um, in that, you know, I sort of have always followed my love of the outdoors and hunting and fishing and, and had great friends along the way and, and have met people from all over the world, really, that, that have similar passions. And uh, but at the same time, you know, there have been times where like I've guided fly fishing trips after college out west and it was it was great. But after a couple of years of taking other people fly fishing 120 days a year, um, the last thing I wanted to do with my free time was <laughs> what, I, what I had gotten into it was go fly fishing, you know? That makes um, and, it, and it took me moving on from that and stepping back and really like years to sort of get over that, you know? Not that I didn't go fish, but like the last thing I wanted to do was go get in a drift boat and fish for trout, which people travel from all over the world to do. Um, and so I, I think there's an element of being, uh, you have to be a little careful with that, you know, and make sure that if you go down that road that you don't, you don't, you know, squash your passion by, you know, making money off of it. Um, so I think it's a little bit of a little bit of a slippery slope. Um, but at the same time, it's, uh, you know, there's nothing better. I mean, I, I've just, I never really feel like I'm, you know, going to work really when I get up. I mean, or like, I don't dread the day like, Oh, got to get through, you know, just, I never feel that way. Um, so I, I, whether I'm doing, you know, and a lot of times I'm just doing fairly mundane office stuff, but it's all sort of has this, you know, purpose behind it in my mind anyway. And, and so, so I think there's a, you know, that, that to me has been, um, has been uh, a big lesson. And one thing I've learned is though, you know, I mean, I feel like I've almost always followed my passion and made a living doing it some ways, but then I've changed also. I mean, I've stepped away from guiding and, 
and teaching English, you know, and, and even the writing component. I mean, I, I got pretty burnt out on that, doing two articles a, a week. Um, so I, I think it, it helps to, you know, be able to, one, be diversified sort of in, in uh, how you go about it and, and know when, if you find yourself and, and you, you're at risk of destroying your passion, sometimes you got to step away and do something else. So, so it sounds like almost trying to figure out the best way to find a balance between that is, is there, I'm, I'm trying to, so in, in your case, you know, you, you mentioned a couple of things like the fly fishing, um, and kind of, and that, and I honestly never really thought about the burnout of, okay, I really love doing this, but now I'm teaching these classes all day, every day. I'm kind of getting burnt out on it. How do you, is, is it literally just step like literally step away from it or do you try to find somebody else to maybe help help manage that time so that you don't get burned out on it so you can still follow your passion and you just kind of have to follow your gut at that point well i think finding someone else to help you out is definitely is, is definitely important um if you're in that scenario you know but that's not always the case um and then but i do think yeah you just sort of got to follow your gut a little bit and um and know when to when to step away from things i mean and i find it i mean when my kids were younger and even so now but i, I don't end up running as many of the camp programs now myself you know mm -hmm. um i uh i mean i run i kind of cherry pick the ones <laughs> like i take the yellowstone trip and <laughs> like some things of that nature. i've plugged myself in on those but um you know, when I was out there, especially when my kids were young, like, and I was out there five days a week, you know, 10 hours a day in the blazing sun, and then, you know, just surviving Monday through Friday, be so tired, dehydrated and sunburnt and just exhausted on Friday. And then it's like, whoops, Saturday morning, you know, what are you going to do with the family? You know, yeah. let's go out kayaking. And you're like, oh, <laughs> what, a, what about we spend some time in the AC? You know? Right. So there is a balance there, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do that to yourself all the time where you're, where you're killing yourself, but you'll never work as hard as you work when you got your own business and you're passionate about it. You know? so yeah. It's just about, it's just a balance and, 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 and finding it, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people that are just comfortable that, that may prefer to, you know, just work in another arena you know, and then be able with it that affords them the opportunity to spend the vast majority of their free time on the weekends or after work or whatever, following their passion, you know, and then whether it's kayaking or mountain biking or what have you, fishing, hunting, and then there are other people that, you know, go down the road of, of ultimately sort of making that their, their uh, profession, which I have. And so no right or wrong. It's just, I think you need to, you got to kind of see what works for you. It's kind of, kind of taste everything that's out there, different options, and see what kind of ends up working out. It makes sense. Yep. Well, um, before we wrap everything up, where can people find um, you online um, to see what you all are up to? Um, uh, learn about your classes or your camps um, and different programs and that kind of stuff. Sure. So folks can find us at virginiaoutside.com and uh, then all the links to our various 
social media and other avenues are there as well. So awesome. And probably social media and stuff is probably the best place to keep up to date with what you guys have going on on, on Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram. We're probably better with Instagram than anything, you know, definitely awesome. Well guys, make sure you check out the link, which is on the website. I'm sure for Virginia outside. Um, but anyways, T, I appreciate you, um, coming on today's podcast and kind of sharing your story. Uh, like I said, it's kind of really interesting to hear how, like, like I mentioned before, kind of the accidental, uh, progression of kind of how, how you got to where you're actually interesting, even tying in the whole English teacher part of it. So I, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to, that you were able to share your story with us and, and it's awesome to hear what you're doing with Virginia outside. So, uh, I definitely wish you all the best, um, especially during the next couple months, but um, yeah, yeah. in general as well. <laughs> well I, I appreciate, uh, yeah, I appreciate you, uh, appreciate you having me. <laughs> Definitely, thank you. All right, cool. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.